From the Library of Maria Menounos, this is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Hey guys, welcome back to Book Circle Online. I'm your host, Jeffrey Masters, and I'm joined today by Father Norm Supinchek. Father Norm is a Catholic priest and the author of When Love Calls, A Memoir of Great Devotion. Thanks for being here. Well, I'm welcome. I'm glad to be here. This is great. Good. Thank you. Uh, it's an incredible story. <laughs> it is incredible. And, I, and for me, it was amazing, too, to look back over my life. You, know, you always think yeah. of your life as bits and pieces. Yeah. And I was looking at my life as bits and pieces, and then... When we put the book together, I get, oh my gosh, there's a, kind of like a thread that runs through yeah. my life. Yeah. Well, I also, like, speaking of the bits and pieces, I feel like most people, um, like, mark the passages in their lives by, like, careers and marriages and kids and kids' kids. Um, how do you mark yours, having, like, one job? That's an interesting thing, but I've had jobs in different places. I've been in different okay. parishes. My, my first parish was in East L.A., and that was... Uh, for me, kind of scary. I'd never been to East L.A. I was raised okay. in Long Beach. I was a little white guy. And they put me in East L.A. with people speaking Spanish and gangs and all that stuff. But and you the, speak Spanish, though. <laughs> I learned it. Okay. <laughs> By force. Yeah, of course. Okay, so it's been like the different jobs within like a yeah, so fatherhood. From going to different places, working at a college, working now at a high school, working okay. different parishes and, and different kinds of people. It's been very interesting. Okay. Um, and a question, why do they change um, jobs every five years, it seems like? Is that like the norm? Yeah, it is the norm. That's why is that? <laughs> Are you the norm? Uh, <laughs> I'm curious like, why that rule exists. I'm not sure, okay. but I think it's so that you don't feel like you own the place. In other words, we're there to serve the people. And I think if you stay there too long, you begin to believe this is... My territory. Oh. I, I guess that's why. I don't know, but that's, I guess. A little so. too comfortable. Yes. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, reading the book, like, you're a very busy man. Um, what made you, like, compel to, like, record your story and, like, take this project on? Well, that was funny because I never wanted to do that. Yeah. I've always told the bishops that, you know, there's some guys that have amazing lives, priests that have amazing lives. You should get them to write books about their life. But I didn't think of me. And then I was at a retreat, and I was talking a little bit about my life, and a guy comes up and says, well, I'm the CEO of a publishing company. I'd like to do the story of your life. I said, no, you don't. <laughs> and he said, yes, I do. And he said, no, you don't. I said, yes, you do. So so he finally so convinced you. Can you convince me, yeah. Oh, how funny. So for everyone at home who doesn't know, um, you fell in love with Shayla in your final year in seminary school. Uh, but you decided to graduate anyways and just to stay friends, and you developed a really amazing friendship. You um, performed her marriage ceremony, baptized her kids, um, eventually officiated her funeral as well. Mm-hmm. I did her kids' weddings too, which is kind of neat. Wow. Yeah. I, think that, yeah, I think that that connection, like male-female side, is rare with anybody, like how devoted it was. I don't think it's that rare. I think people, a lot of people have devotion. Sometimes it's in their own family. A devotion to a brother or a sister or an aunt or an uncle or somebody that they're really, really close to. And that was the closest that we had. It was a very beautiful relationship and a challenging relationship, too. Why challenging? Well, challenging that, you know, I'm a young guy, you know, and and, uh, I have all the feelings young guys have towards girls. And and yet uh, we had decided that 
we wanted to save ourselves for whatever our future would be. You know, if my future would be with another woman, well, I wanted to be for that woman. I didn't want to have to have to say, well, I have a long history. Yeah. <laughs> and she didn't want to either. And uh, if I was going to be a priest, same thing. I didn't want to have a history. Oh, interesting. I guess to I said it's a, like a rare thing because like I'm young, so like maybe um, it's like just like new to me still, or maybe I'm still developing that like those friendships that will get to that point. I guess it could be. It could be people develop them at different parts of their lives, and some develop them very early, some develop them very late, and some never. Yeah. <laughs> some never have any really strong good relationship in their life. Yeah, I guess too, like in like Hollywood and a lot of books where we get like sea stories and lives, mm-hmm. it's always like friends who fall in love. Yes. It's, it's never like platonic love. Yeah, it's very rarely platonic love. And yet that's what happened. I mean, yeah, it was amazing to me. I didn't know if it would stay that way or not, but it did. It stayed platonic and... And we stayed very, very close with each other, and I'm very close to her family. Yeah. When you said that you didn't know if it would stay that way, was that even after you like became a father? Well, after I became a priest, no. Then, okay. our, then I knew that we had our directions in life. You know, she had her direction with her husband, and I didn't want to interfere with that. Of course. And, and I had my direction with as a priest, so didn't want to interfere with that either. Okay. And your your relationship. Um, since you were a priest, like uh, romance was never part of the equation. But like for the rest of us, I'm wondering, like, do you think it's possible for like men and women to be just friends? I do. And since I've written the book, I've gotten a lot of feedback from people who have similar relationships. And I got, oh my gosh, this is amazing that this this is very strong. It's really, been a lot of people that have developed a relationship that's strong and yet beautiful. What were some of those stories? Just some of them were uh, women who had uh, had a strong relationship with a priest, and yet they were married and had their own family, and and they still have felt that strong attachment with someone else. And some were just people who said, "Well, I had a friend that I, I really stayed close to all the years, and and we've we've been close and we've loved each other, and and it's been a beautiful relationship. And I can call this person up and talk to them, and and it's kind of beautiful." Oh wow. For um, people who come to you like seeking guidance, who've also lost a friend, um, what do you recommend to them? That's that's hard because, um, and I do. I get a lot of that. I get a lot of widows, widowers, especially who are saying, "I'm lost." You know, I'm lost. I said, "Well, join a group, a grief group. That helps a lot." And Join a widow widowers group, and that helps a lot. And I got a lot of them have gotten married since then. So, oh, really? so they continue on with their life with another person, you know, after they've lost someone. Yeah, the grief group is that just to like get the stories out? Yes, because a lot of times people hold it in, and they're they begin to fall apart mentally, physically, in so many ways, and need to let it go. You need to let it out in some way. Wow. Did you ever growing up? You know, we like envision our lives. Did you ever imagine having a kid and or a wife and kids at all? Well, I did. Oh, really? <laughs> when I was growing up, I was going to have six kids. And, oh, wow. And the fact is that there is a girl in, in elementary school I fell in love with, and uh, I didn't know how to express love at that time. I was very shy. So I figured, well, I, I guess you're supposed to kiss the person. So I went and kissed her, and then she slapped me. So that ended that relationship. <laughs> Later on, I saw her, and I said, 
Charlene, why did you slap me? And she said, well, you surprised me. I didn't know what was coming, and so I didn't know what else to do, so I slapped you. That's so funny. And, and I, said, I said, well, I really liked you. And she said, I really liked you, too. I said, well, that ended it when you slapped me. <laughs> well, she should have been more forward like Shayla. There you go. You know, I love those her quotes. You know, like, I would love to get to know you better. Like, that's, yes. that's amazing. Yes. Who wouldn't want to be told that? Yes. And I love the pictures, too, you include in the back. Like, uh, seeing her, like, smile. It's, like, exactly what I imagined. Yes. She's a very, very beautiful, very intelligent, very straightforward person. I mean, you didn't pull any punches with Sheila. Really? You know, she, she would say it the way it was, and that was it. Wow. <laughs> very strong woman. You were talking earlier about being shy, um, and throughout the book, that was a recurring theme as well, mm-hmm. um, about being shy to surround people and talking with other people. Why would a shy person choose this job? I didn't know why. <laughs> one, of the, one of my teachers in elementary school said, why don't you take the exam for the seminary? I was thinking about going to St. Anthony's High School in Long Beach. He said, well, why don't you take the exam for the seminary? So I took it, and I passed and I said, well, I'll give it a shot. And uh, I didn't really have a strong polling that way, but I decided, well, I'll give it a shot and be need to get a new start with different people and see what's going on. And, and so I went in, and I liked it, and I stayed wow. for 12 years. And I'm sorry, that test was in elementary school? Yeah, eighth grade. Oh, oh okay, wow. To go into high school. So I went into high school seminary. Oh, it started that early. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. So I really had no idea either. <laughs> I was just saying, well, okay, let's check it out. <laughs> so, like, where in that process, you know, you could have left at any time. When did you realize that, like, no, I want to keep doing this. I do enjoy this. It was like a year after year decision. You know, it was like, yeah, I enjoyed this year. Well, okay, we'll go for another year and then another year. And all of a sudden, you're going to be ordained a priest next month. Huh? Oh, my gosh. Really? It was that late in? That Yeah, I just, I liked it, so it was it was good. I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed thinking about ministry and doing ministry. But again, I was very concerned about myself because I was so shy that how can I possibly do this, stand in front of people and talk and do, and do mass and do all these things? How am I going to do that? But somehow I managed is it more comfortable for you now? Oh, very comfortable okay. now. Yeah. I don't know if you still like sweat each time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, actually, I enjoy it. I enjoy um, being able to give a message to people that's going to help them. And that's what I always think. I think of during the week, and I spend a lot of time just thinking about what is the message that I want to give the people this week. Oh, you're going week by week. Yeah. Wow. So, and, and are you taking in like current events around the, the country and the world or is that like localized and community based on like what you're hearing from people in it, the church? It's all that but it's a lot of it is what I'm hearing from people because to see their need. What do they need right now? What is the biggest wow. need? And it could be family needs. It could be that they're you know, struggling in their family and so it's a family kind of thing that I need to focus on. Sometimes it's the poor in the city that the police are doing raids on the people that are homeless or something, and there's a lot of poor people that need help. Um, a lot of times it's world things, like uh, right now we just had that earthquake in Nepal, and so people are going to be focused on that, and so that should be a part of what I'm talking about. It's different things. Wow. 
you you've been doing this for many years now. Do you see like recurring themes? Like you preach more about like one thing now than you did say like twenty or thirty years ago. I think a lot of it's the same because Shayla taught me how to love, and so most of my focus is on let's build a loving community, a loving family, and loving relationships. Let's build those and. And I work a lot. For example, I get a lot of、uh, couples to get married, and I work with them very hard. And I've got couples that write me in Facebook forty years later, thirty years later, and say thank you so much. All of our friends have got divorced, but we're still going strong because of what you made us do. And I just、wow. make them open up to each other and focus on each other. Well, and what are you doing in those like talkings? Well, part of it is I use a program called Focus, which is one hundred fifty-six questions on. Have you talked about this? Have you talked about this? Have you talked about this? And everybody comes in saying, "We've talked about everything. We're ready to get married." And they take the test. They found, "Whoops, <laughs> there's a lot of things、really? they haven't talked about." Wow. Do people? Ever, I mean, I don't want to get like salacious. <laughs> Do people ever like realize like, "Oh, I don't. This isn't going to work out." Yes. Really. Some people have come to the conclusion that, "Oh my gosh, we have too much against us. It's not." Going to work. That's very valuable to learn, though. Oh, it is very valuable. Much, much less painful than a divorce. Yeah. Wow. When I think about priests, I think that they're、um, like great storytellers. Is that something that you like were taught and trained at in school, or did that just like come naturally? I had to learn it. <laughs> okay, I'm curious for just solely、uh, selfish reasons because I want to be a better storyteller. Good, but、um, like, yeah, what like tricks? I guess did you like learn regarding that? Well, a lot of it is just like reading and picking up from people their stories and just seeing how they knit them together and how it works out. And for me, it's the same thing. It's just like taking what's happened in my life and saying, okay, how can that have meaning? To others, you know. Well, how can it bring meaning to them and to their life? Okay, and then how do you craft it into a like interesting story? Well, well sometimes like it's like uh, uh, sometimes it's something you read. Like the last Sunday, what I used was、um, there's a story of a man. He had a field, his horse, and his son, and he lived on a little farm, and it was enough to make a living. And then one day, the horse broke out of the corral. And all the neighbors came and said, "That's terrible. That's horrible news. It's so sad."、And、he said, "I don't know. Could be bad news. Could be good news. Only God knows." And he says, "They say, 'No, you're nuts. No, it could be bad news. Could be good news. Only God knows.'" Well, the next day, the horse returns with twenty wild horses, and everybody comes and says, "Oh, that's so fantastic! You've got more horses than any of us. You're rich now."、And、he says, "I don't know. Could be bad news. Could be good news. Only God knows." And, and then. Next day, his son goes to tame one of the horses. He gets thrown off, breaks his leg, and all the neighbors going to say, "That's terrible news." He says, "No, it could be bad news. Could be good news. Only God knows." And then,、uh, next day, an army comes through town and takes all the young people except his son because he has a broken leg. <laughs> all the people come, and so it's it's like that. That sometimes, you know, things happen in our life, and we we take them and and say, "Oh my gosh, it's horrible," but yet, who knows? Some good things can come from it. And I've seen that in my own life—that good things have come from hard things that I've gone through. Yeah, I'm sure you mean like spiritually and physically, but you had that incredible accident that you、yes. uh, like, healed from. Like, that was so, like, incredible, like、yes. physically. Yeah. 
Um, they didn't think you would ever walk again, right? They didn't think I'd ever walk. They, first, I didn't think I'd ever live. And I, did you? When, <laughs> I did live, oh, yes. Okay. Just <laughs> they were coming around. People were coming around saying, is he dead? Is he dead? And I'm going, no, I'm not dead. You like broke everything, more or less. <laughs> yes, I was a mess. Such a mess that when they took me to the hospital, the priest who was there, and, and the priest in the hospital sees all kinds of blood and gore. I mean, I've been I've been a chaplain in the hospital, and woof. And uh, anyway, he threw up when he saw me. That's how bad it was. <laughs> and the doctor comes in and he says, you know, I sold your laid together only because you were a priest. He says, I'm not a Catholic, but I, you're a man of God. And you're going to need your foot. So it's going to take a miracle for you ever to walk again. Well, a year later, I walked into his office. And he goes, oh, my gosh. <laughs> really? Yeah. I remember reading that in the book. Like, the leg was almost off completely, right? Yes. And it was really smashed. It was bad. There was bone missing and everything. And I didn't know that was possible. To I didn't be, like, reattach. <laughs> Obviously, the doctor either. didn't either. <laughs> wow. How How is your health now? My health is good. Great. Very good. Yeah, I just I feel good. I I enjoy. While you're working in high school, you have to keep <laughs> keep moving. Otherwise, if you stand still. <laughs> They run over you, so you have to keep going. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Wow. Um, in the book, you mention talking and having conversations with God. Is When you're talking to him, are you hearing, like, a voice and words and sentences, or is it, like, guts and feelings? It's guts and feelings. Yeah. Really? So a lot of times it's like, you know, I, don't hear, I wish I heard a voice. That'd be nice. <laughs> and but more direct. More direct. <laughs> but, no, it's more like... This is what you've got to do. And and sometimes I've listened to that voice and sometimes I haven't listened. When I've listened to it, amazing things have happened. When I don't listen, everything falls apart. So I, I've learned, okay, listen to that little voice inside you. Wow. After all this time in the, um, as a priest, has your relationship to God changed at all? I think it's gotten more mature in a certain sense of, of that... Um, just like a relationship between a husband and wife over the years, it matures. You know each other better. You feel closer to each other. Um, I don't know. There's just It just seems like a, a natural thing to be close to each other. It's, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like it matures over the years. Wow. Are you... What is your like? Is, tell me if I get too personal, but like, what does your like personal like worship look like? Is it like every morning, every night? Is it like throughout the day? Okay, well, it's my personal worship. I start off the day with prayer and quiet time, and just kind of get to my day focused. Because I know if I don't get it focused, I'll never make it. Because my days are horribly busy. Um, last week I did a, a radio show, and I was. I was going to be on for an hour. I thought I was going to be on for 10 minutes, but it turned out it was going to be for an hour. But in the meantime, I had to go open the gates to the property, and I had to open the church, let people in, and people were kind of trying to talk to me. And then I had to get in my car, and I had to drive over to the sister's place to do Mass for them. And and I'm doing all these things while I'm talking on the radio. I don't know how it turned out. I don't know what it sounded like, but it was, it was interesting. I wonder if they heard the creak of the gate or the, <laughs> the door opening. And the, wow. One, one part I had to back up, and so I put my car in reverse and went beep, beep, beep. I said, oh, gosh, I can't let it do that. 
And then the sister started calling me, so my car, my phone's going bzz, 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 while I'm talking, and I'm going, they're trying to call me, but I can't talk to them. <laughs> you know? That's interesting. It's just kind of interesting trying to cover several things all at the same time. Wow. And you've been at that school since 2010? or two? 2002, yeah. Wow. So are you going to be there for a lot longer now? Like, they, didn't, they haven't moved you. I figure I'll be there as long as I can. I can retire. And when I told the principal, I says, you know, I can retire. And he said, please don't. And I said, well, I'm getting old. <laughs> and he said, well, okay, what do you need? And I said, just a day off, because I worked two days at the parish and five days at the school. It was just oh. a little too much. Yeah. And so I needed some some rest time, downtime. And so he said, what do you want? I said, well, I'll take Mondays off. So I get probably get every other Monday I get off and get to just relax and catch up with stuff that I need to do. And Yeah, that takes its toll <laughs> on you. Oh, it does. <laughs> Where, um, where do, I don't, I don't know if I like, phrase this nicely, but where do priests go when they retire? Like, is there... Um... There's a lot of options. Okay. A lot of them have, they've saved up over the years and they have their own place. I built a place with two other priests in 1983, so we've, we've got that place up in the mountains. It's too big, though, for somebody's going to be retired, I think. But... Um, but others have like little places on the beach or uh, little apartments in town or something. And then some go to, there's some places that are standard priest places like Nazareth Health or St. Jo- John of God place where they, they can stay and they have different levels of caring for them. Oh, wow. So you'll go to your mountain house or you don't know? I don't know. Okay. I don't it's, know. Hopefully it'll be far off. <laughs> <laughs> you have plenty of energy. <laughs> Um, speaking about God earlier, um, are you able to explain, or do you have like a reason why some people don't believe in God? Sure. A lot of it is because they've been hurt by life. You know, things have happened in their life, and they say, well, how can God be there if, if this has happened to me? And there's a, there was a movie just put out by some of our parishioners that was just beautiful, and God is not dead. And it deals with exactly that problem. It's, oh, really? it's really kind of neat. Because a lot of times people have been hurt in life. A lot of, well, I think everybody's been hurt. I think even yeah. you've been hurt, you know. <laughs> but we've, we've gone through hurtful times. And it's, I've been through hurtful times. And the tendency is to say, well, how can God be there if I'm going through all this pain and hurt? And that's why I like that story. You know, it could be good news, could be bad news. You know, yeah. only God knows. Because a lot of times bad things happen to us. And our tendency is to throw everything away when that happens. Yeah. So, uh, and when people ask you for proof, like, where, where is your proof? Like, um, what can, t- can you tell them? The, the only thing that I have as proof is, is just what I observe. I observe in, in the universe that we have. I, I love science. I, I, was, I love science. I just yeah. get very much into that. And you look at the universe and the incredible incredible universe that we have and how things all work together and how you just go go keep going in the universe and it goes out and out and out and then you go into detail you get molecules and cell, uh, cells and molecules and then atoms and then neutrons and <laughs> all these kind of these quantum things and you're going oh my gosh it's so intricate it's so amazing and you and you see the things about different kinds of animals and different kinds of flowers and stuff and you go it's awesome. It is really awesome. 
and to me that that that's one of the biggest things for me wow i love that yeah I think that's a great place to end it at. <laughs> okay, well, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, yeah. Jeff. All right, guys, we will see you next week. Until then, you can find all of our content and more on iTunes, YouTube, and, of course, our website at bookcircleonline.com. Thanks. From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menunos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to bookcircleonline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle.